Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show, that's Big O. Save $190 off Michelin tires with financing options available only at your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's jump out of The Zone phone. Of course, uh, former BYU assistant coach, worked with the Utes as well. My co-host on the Jazz pre, half, and post-game shows right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He's our friend Tim Lacombe. What's up, Tim? What's up, Jake? What's up, Gordo? You know, hey, just how you uh, doing, Tim? I'm doing good. I'm I'm a little I'm gonna say I'm fatigued, a tad bit fatigued. Uh I think I'm questionable for <laughs> any kind of activity activity right now after five. I think I'm gonna lay around most <laughs> night and then I'll be activated for tomorrow. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've been <laughs> you need that rest, right? You need to you know gear up for whatever comes next. Well, I, just, I kind of chuckled to myself last night because Jake and I go through this ritual. You know, we obviously we we got to get there on our own, but we park you know similar spots, and so we walk out at night, and literally us and and maybe some you know uh, random people, but we're pretty much the only people out on the street, and. We get to our cars and we get on the freeway and drive till about the time he has to get off the freeway. And last night it was like, I think I looked, it was 12 something. And I just chuckled and said, we are, we're crazy about this stuff. But it's kind of fun. You're, you're warriors, man. That's what you are. It's fun though. And, and even, you know, Tim, after games like last night, I mean, it, you know, we're, we're blessed in a way we're, we're doing pre half and post game coverage for the best team in the league, doing things that we have never seen a jazz team do. I mean, it really is. It really is fun with every post game. Cause it's, I mean, they're red hot, man. Yeah. And I, and I'm kind of running out of superlatives, I guess. Uh, I just, I, I think that they're so, it's so interesting because like last night, I mean, I really, it just hit me watching it. Like this is this is really poetry. I mean, this is the essence of you talk about a guy getting in the zone, but this team's in the zone, and you know their passing last night just blew me away. How quickly they move the ball, the decision making, the precision, all that stuff is so awesome. And um, you know, I don't know how you can watch this team and not you know even if you catch them on an average night, <laughs> an average night has been crazy. Um, but I, I don't know how you can watch this team. And then, you know, like our guy did out on, on the commentator talked about the adorable comment. I mean, I think it's just so funny. It's it adorable. Really it, it speaks more about, you know, his lack of understanding or knowledge of anything that's going on in the game of basketball. If you can't watch this and regardless of the geography, appreciate what's been going on. So, Tim, are you at a place where you can look at what the Jazz are doing without LeBron, without Kawhi, without uh, some superstar headliner? Uh, that What they're doing 
might, it might actually be an advantage not to have that because they are so selfless. When I was watching the ball move last night, I, it didn't matter who it ended up with as long as he was open. You know, and that's the attitude of the team. And, and I don't know whether that's the way some, you know, marquee players feel about it. You know, it's funny. The, 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 that is a real great point, Gordon. I think that this team, the strength of this team is its, is its unselfishness and authenticity. Um, every year, I mean, I was a part of every team. And there's, there's, you know, you go through and you go study sports psychology. You know, you go through the phases, the storming, norming, performing. I think I left one out. But I, I've lived all that year in and year out. And, you know, to a man, every guy comes in with the best intentions and they want to make it about the team. But, I mean, over the years, it's become more difficult to really make it about the team. And when guys, you know, force that and say it and you watch what they do out on the floor, it's like there's there's no part of team in this whole thing, you know. And that's really what this team has done for me. It's kind of re- uh, reemphasized and reinvigorated the whole idea of team and the, you know the, the tweet that Tim McMahon sent out last night saying, you know if the Lakers and the Jazz met in a playoff series, AD and LeBron would be one two and the Jazz would have three through ten. I mean, so really in effect, what you've done is you've got, you know, your th- your your seven guys against or eight guys against their two, and that's what they did to them last night. Now I know AD wasn't out there and Schroeder wasn't out there, but. Still, it's really hard to go out and do what they're doing, regardless of who you're playing against. It's hard to do what they're doing in in a lot of cases, five on zero and Skelly. Tim, who's the most improved player on this Jazz team? Do you think? I think that's what's so interesting, man. Um, but you know what? I have to give it to because I am. I, I've been a huge fan his entire career, and I love the way that he carries himself on the floor, off the floor. And I think, you know, the way it played out for him last year, I mean, any normal person could have really shrunk from that, but Mike Conley really rose to the occasion. And um, but that but but that being said, man, I, I think you can you can make a case for as ridiculous as it sounds, Rudy and Donovan in some cases, and because they're just so good, but I think they've really improved. I'm in that I'm in that camp for sure. Um, but then you can also look at a guy like Joe Ingles, who's in a totally different spot uh, than he was a year ago in his mind, and he's freed up. Um, and, and honestly, you know, a guy like George Niang, you can make a case for him. Um, so I, I think that's a really tough question, but I would defer to – just because of what he's been through, I'd say Mike Conley. You could even add Jordan Clarkson to that list. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I – I've tried to go up and down the bench, but yeah, I mean, my, I think my point, you, you really could. And, um, and so I think there's, there's plenty of different ways that I could go. And I'll tell you that uh, it, it's just a, a remarkable to me, Tim. And from a coach's perspective, like yours, that what has been thought of as being an absolute necessary part of the formula to have one of the mega stars on your roster if you want to win a championship. And yet here this team is with a bunch of stars, really, really good players, and utilizing that spread of talent and skills and shooting ability and determination on defense 
and and uh, making that a strength. I, it's like the weakness has become a strength. Wait a minute. Yeah. Isn't there? Isn't there? Isn't, isn't that in the good book somewhere? I don't know. I haven't. I only read bad books. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I've heard that in a good book. Um, no, I, I concur. Uh, and I think if I had to use a word that this franchise, this coaching staff, this ownership, like I really get this vibe that they're really disrupting the NBA. That's what's been, that's what's going on. That's what we're watching. David watch, asks us all the time, what are we watching? What are we watching? And typically my answer is history. And while we are, because Jake basically – says every night uh, these are the records that were broken tonight in NBA history so obviously they're doing a whole lot right but um, uh, above and beyond that I think that that whole idea um, is true that they're disrupting this league and they're doing it with analytics basically juiced up on steroids Um, they're taking you know all those numbers and really really opening up the floodgates I mean if you would have told me a couple years ago that teams would be shooting this many threes in the NBA, I'd say you'd lost your mind. Um, but it's, it's the Jazz have taken what, what teams have done in the past. They've, they've tweaked the game. You can go back to college history. You know, there's an offense named after Princeton because they took all of the rules um, that college teams, you know, you get up and deny a defender. Well, Princeton rules, you know, they, they came in and disrupted the game. Said, hey, if you're going to deny a defender, we're just going to send them back door. Um, you're going to apply all that pressure. We're just going to release the pressure. And that's basically what the whole Princeton offense is based on. Um, but that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a disruption uh, in just kind of a settling of the, the basketball world. And it's pretty awesome to be right in the middle of it. How good of a job do you think Alex Jensen has done developing Rudy Gobert over the years? And um, you think he's going to get a head gig soon? You would have to think so. I, I, you know, a couple of my buddies in the coaching business, the uh, one thing we – you know, you get in that business and compete against guys and with guys, and it's crazy how your bond becomes so solid. But I, I got a couple of texts from guys within the business this week saying, man, this has got to bode well for Al. Um, you know, that Al's his, his stamp, you know, on Rudy and then the success the Jazz are having. I don't know that you can put a price tag on it. I It was funny this morning. My wife was going through old videotape, and – you know, she's kind of condensing everything from all that stuff to stuff that will last. And so she's just going through stuff. And I actually had this random Dave Fox Den on KUTV taped. And it was a playoff um, recap. They were playing the, the Sonics. And the Sonics took a commanding 3-1 lead in Salt Lake. And it was an afternoon game. And so it was Dave Fox and Rick Majerus sitting there in the chair. Um, and Rick was rocking back and forth, and he had sandals on. It's just hilarious. I mean, seriously, if you, you could maybe put it on Saturday Night Live and people think it was a skit because it was so funny, and, and Coach was so nonchalant. But, man, there was wisdom with that guy, and the stuff that he taught Al as a player, and then Al went on to coach with him, you know. So uh, that background and then his ability to develop guys, you see that. Um, you know, really awesome that, you know, I worked with two guys that developed, you know, helped develop Donovan and Rudy and Johnny Bryant and Al Jensen. So it's just kind of cool how, you know, that, that strand that you have in your life uh, in basketball, you can watch guys continue it and couldn't be more proud of what Al's doing. And, um, I, I've got to think Jake that he's going to be 
uh, in the very next batch of guys because I know he's so well thought of. He had such great success at the G League level as coach of the year. Um, it was an awesome recruiter in college, uh, and, it, and now has had the opportunity to work alongside Quinn for these years and really see what you know how creative and I mean Quinn's a basketball mastermind. That's that's my quick study and watching him you know deep and watching him closely every night. And Quinn trusts him. What's that? Quinn trusts Alex. You know, oh, that, that's man. Yeah, that, you, that you got to believe it. Good. Yeah, you got to yeah. believe it. And so, that to me, that uh, I took a, a basketball coaching class in college um, back at the beginning of my college or career. I was at UVU at the time. I was a junior college. And I took a coaching basketball class from Duke Reed. I'll never forget he walked in there and hiked his pants up like Duke and got really intense and serious and he said, if you're not a trustworthy person, that's how he started the class. Like, you're not a trustworthy person. You're not a loyal person. And you, you need to get out of this room because we don't need you in coaching. <laughs> and there are plenty of snakes out there, but you're right. If you can trust a guy and, you know, and have confidence in their ability, man, you can get a lot of good work done. You know, keep, keeping the theme of uh, this team idea going, I, I was thinking about this as I'm watching Donovan last night. He's made, What did he make, a third of his shots? You know, something like that. He's not really feeling it offensively from a shooting standpoint. He's passing the ball around like he's slinging the ball, baseball around the diamond. And he he didn't look like he could care less. Uh, as long as the Jazz were performing as a team, he, he didn't care. Am I reading that right, Tim? Is that what you see? Yeah, because I think what this team has done through the – and this is just my guess because I don't know anything about the inner workings, but this, you know, you can look at things as a process where if the result is good, then what we, we did must have been good. And I really believe that the jazz, again, talking disruptive thought here, they're going to do everything and they're going, and they are right now. I mean, I can't think of in the last, you know, I know last night they took a couple bad twos early in the game as they were getting settled but they are absolutely taking the exact shots they want to take and they're disciplined about it and they're, they're totally unselfish in it. Um, and so I think that that's the, I mean, that's the essence of this team. They're, they are just willing and capable and you're most important. They're willing, but they're also capable one-on-one guys. And so there's lots of different ways they can sting you, but the key to it all is they're all willing to defer. And if a guy like Donovan is out there and he's taking the right shots and he's just missing them, you know, Majerus used to tell guys, if you if you take that shot and miss it all year long, I'll give you the keys to my car. Now, he wasn't serious, but he's basically saying, I'll give you all the trust in the world because you're playing exactly the way that I want you to, but it's not the result. You know, you get so caught up in life and the result all the time. And there is a, you know, if you if you can really get good at what the Jazz are doing, and that's staying within their system, trusting that system, and knowing that they're they're built good enough and deep enough that if they just follow the script, you know, they are going to get the right shots, and the percentages are going to be in their favor. Tim, you are the best. Thank you very much for jumping on with us, and I will talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Earlier game, how about that? We got a six o'clock tip. That should be nice. So that means you and I'll be cruising home around ten something instead of midnight. True, which is nice. That'll it's always be much nice. Better. That'll be much okay. better Saturday morning. I have one Gordon, follow you need to come, up question. Uh, 
Yeah, Gore, go ahead. Okay. Um, you being the musician you are, and I can't remember whether we've had this conversation before, but I'm curious to know, since we have an expert such as yourself, who you think, uh, name me two or three of the greatest bands in rock history. Man, you're probably putting the screws to me. I know what you, I know because I think we have had this one time and it sense like you really liked that I said the Beatles. Mm. So uh, I'm going to go. Yeah. The Beatles are gonna, the most overrated band in history. That's a joke. Oh, was that one of your. Um, the Beatles were worse than the monkeys. <laughs> yeah. The Beatles are worse than Limp Biscuit. You know what's awesome about that is I know that's Gordon's voice, but it's what Austin would say. <laughs> the Beatles are worse than Millie Vanilli. <laughs> so oh, painful. It's, it's, it's so very painful. I just well, wondered if if you could if you could once more reiterate uh, an education process to my co-host and uh, our producer. <sighs> well, it's like asking Gordon who your favorite kid is. I'm I'm laying right now on the. The futon of, because I wasn't lying, I'm not going to lift a finger tonight. I'm lying on the futon of my music room looking at band after band. So I would say Led Zeppelin, um, The Beatles, and Van Halen for tonight. That's, that's where I'm at tonight. Well, I'd just like to congratulate you both for having the courage to say the Beatles were a good rock band. That is a controversial <laughs> opinion. Watch your Twitter mentions because you might be in trouble. Well, apparently it is controversial in your eyes. Yeah, that's that's a that's a sharp Why do I opinion. always have to get in the middle of this fight? Watch Austin, yourself. Take me out with something. Careful, funny. careful. Be you know, turn off those mentions, Tim. It, it could get ugly. Yeah. All right. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady is pretty good too. He is you guys. too. Thanks, Tim. That's our friend Tim Lacombe with us here on the Big Show on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty The Zone. We're going to have to call Tim the closer, man. He comes in and just slams the door. I like it. Tim's visit today brought to you by our friends at Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details today. We'll have more next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. We do it each and every day at uh, this time. And, uh, Gordon, I haven't heard this. I don't think you have either. So we'll simply lead into uh, just a clip from Devin Booker. Hello, Devin. Congratulations on your all-star selection. I would like to ask you, what is the biggest progression of your game so far in the season? And you play much better this season than last season. And also, what is the biggest motivation for you after the, the loss against the Hornets? Did you watch me play last season? Yes. I think I'm playing extremely better. This season, yes. Okay. Well, never mind. Next question. <laughs> I actually don't blame Devin for being annoyed by that. 
Austin's uh, giving me the shrug what? of the shoulder, like, like what? What? I I find it obnoxious. Way to take a compliment, Devin, and turn it into an insult. It was an insult, kind of. Small-minded at all, Devin? No, no, no. I just, you, you hear Sensitive it, a little? You hear it all the time about the, like, in questions where reporters make these assumptions. Like, is that true? Is what true? That Devin Booker is playing incredibly better this year than he did last Whether year? Whether it's true or not, what does it matter to Devin Booker that the guy said maybe you weren't playing as good last year as you are this year? Because the reporter just speaks it as fact. That's according to the reporter's opinion. He's yeah. played extremely better this year than last year, but he didn't say, you're terrible this season, Devin. What's happened to you? No, but he said he was terrible last season. No, he didn't say that either. I, I just, I, I get when they get frustrated when these questions just make these assumptions that is that really what a true bunch or of not? Babies. Answer the question. But it's not a question if the premise is wrong. He could have said, I don't feel I've played better than I did last season, but I did work on this, this, and that. He didn't have to be a jerk to the guy. Well, the guy's not the... trying to get Devin Booker. He's complimenting him like a son's fan would. And Devin <laughs> Booker's, you know what, on him. It was kind of a backhanded compliment. Though. Oh. Why didn't the reporter just That's say, like you telling your wife tonight, you look pretty. And she going, didn't I look pretty yesterday? Well, it's the but same thing. No, the same thing would be, wow, you look a lot prettier today than you did yesterday. That's not. Yes, that's the same thing. Re-listen to the question. That would have been like saying, "Wow, you look great today. A lot better than you did yesterday." Jeez, what was happening yesterday? That's what he asked. That would be the question. Would be the same. You're right. But the way Devin acted would be the same as someone saying to you, "As my wife would act if I would have done the same thing." Let's listen to it again, and I'll tell you why you're why you're both right. Oh, great. Why we're both right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's boring. Hello, Devin. Congratulations on your all-star selection. I would like to ask you, what is the biggest progression of your game so far in the season? And you play much better this season than last season. And also, what is the biggest motivation for you after the, the loss against the Hornets? Did you watch me play last season? Yes. I think I'm playing extremely better. This season, yes. Okay. Well, never mind. Next question. See, okay. So I, I I hear what you're saying, Austin, but I hear what Jake is saying too. I mean, it's it, it, it'd be one thing if he said, tell us about your progression this year. But then when he says you're playing much better this year than you did last year, uh, that 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 does, I, I can see the, the heavy side of that question. Hmm. Bunch of softies in this generation. <laughs> Just answer the question. You don't have I'm to. A, you don't have to say to the guy, uh, "You're wrong," and I'm not answering your question. You can just say, "I feel like I've played well last year and this year." But uh, thanks for the compliment for saying congrats on making the All Star game. Next question. It, al- it almost makes it uh, the way I'm trying to interpret it from Devin Booker's standpoint. I almost get the feeling like he. He doesn't want to say that because then Chris Paul will take the credit for it. I mean, we're talking we'll about a guy for what making we're, the we're, talk, we're, we're taking we're talking about a guy who wanted to re-enter a game so he could reach a certain point milestone, which is just stupid. And he was getting angry because one of his teammates was scoring a lot. It's it. I don't know. I just I don't. I'm not sure I trust that attitude. He's actually almost having the exact same season this year as he was last year. 
statistically. Actually, a little worse. In the points. <laughs> and shooting assists better. and rebounds. Is he is he a better team By hundreds player of this a point. Year? Is he helping the team better? No, no. They lost uh, to the be, Hornets. He could be. I mean, I, On, I and did you see his final shot against the Hornets? P.S. No, no, no. I I get you, and maybe you can make the softie. argument that he's playing better this year. But to just be like, "Oh, you were a sack of garbage last year." Not what, what the, the guy what said. Is the difference. That's basically he what he said. He said he's playing better this year than he did last he year. He said something like much though. You heard. You heard he Booker. said much. Devin put the word extremely. I think the reporter did. Well, the reporter agreed with when he said, do you think I'm playing extremely better than I did last year? But he's still saying you're playing better this year. He's not I, saying I, you're garbage. He's not saying you're terrible. He's not saying go get a job at Albertsons. He's saying no. congrats on making the All-Star game. No, why are but, you playing better this year than you were last year? Well, why I is it assumed I, I, that he's better this year than last year? Why doesn't Devin Booker just take the high road and be a class act <laughs> and say, yeah, I don't feel like I'm playing better, but, but I'm having a great year. <laughs> but that's far from a given fact. You're like using it as a premise for a question. How's is this how to... you would want your child to act? No, but how is okay. he supposed right. to End of discussion. How is he supposed to accurately answer the question <laughs> when the premise of the question is false? No, this is not English class. We don't have to circle the subject, the premise, the pronoun. We did, this is terrible. The man said something to another man, and that man took a compliment and made it into an insult and then dunked on him because he's an NBA star and that guy's a, an NBA oh, reporter. I don't think he dunked That's on him. That's exactly at all. what no, happened no, here. No, no, no. The was lack annoyed. of respect came from one end to the other, yeah, the and it was not from the reporter yes, to the was. subject. No. They called him garbage He said, last congratulations year. on making the All-Star game. Not what? an insult. He said, you didn't, you're didn't. you playing much better this year than you were last year. That's, That's a compliment. An That's an insult. It's a compliment. That's saying he sucked last year. He probably did at times. He did not. He made he, the but, All-Star but team. But he's not talking. He's saying you're better this year which, than last year. Which is far from a given fact. Fine, but that's opinion. That's a, that's his opinion versus Devin Booker's opinion. The question still remains: What are you doing this year, Devin? What are you doing this year? But the question is: Why are you so much better this year than last year? That's like, like I can't ask you a question that's based on a false premise. So if next year I come to your child and say, "Hey, you're doing so much better in math this year than last year. What have you changed?" You're okay with your child saying, what's that supposed to mean about last year? If last year they didn't do bad in math, then yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, like have, you, some, have some politeness. Have some class. Have some respect for other people. Oh, oh hold on. Okay, I, get, I hear what you're saying on that, Austin. But let's say somebody came to you, say, Lloyd, and said, you know, Austin, you're a lot better producer this year than you were last year. I, I Why mean, is that? Yeah, would you? Would I'd you, say probably because you're leaving you me alone more this year. <laughs> no, but you would wonder about that, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't say to Lloyd, my superior, which is changes the whole story here. I wouldn't say, "Never mind, next question." You, would. I might have a word to word, a man to man word with the guy, but I'm not going to be rude and just disrespect him like that. He is attempting yeah. to compliment Devin Booker. Would you agree or disagree? Well, it's not his job to compliment Devin Booker. No, it's I to agree. ask him a question. And I'm not saying that this guy should win a Pulitzer or even be offered as a great example of journalism or, or a reporter. I don't even know what the guy does. But would you agree or disagree that his attempt appears to be to compliment Devin Booker and say, why are you doing so good this year? Oh, I, that's, that's the way I took it. I'll give you and Devin Booker took it as, screw you. 
I'm was better last year than I am this well, year. How dare you call me crappy last year? I'll, I'll give you. Called him. I'll give you a different. This is lunacy. I'll, do, I'll give you a different example. Quinn Snyder in pregame media availability the other day was, or this was yesterday. He was asked by a reporter. He said the reporter essentially said, "Boy, your wing defenders sure do suck." How are you supposed <laughs> to guard? Le- how are you supposed to guard LeBron tonight? That's not and, why and I heard Quinn, that question. And Quinn Snyder was nice about it. He was. He didn't have to be, and he was nice. And he kind of said, "Well, we think Royce O'Neal's pretty good." But the question was, it was this premise of you don't have very good wing defenders. He was just assuming that that's what sure. they were bad at. A poorly that, worded and, question. And and that Quinn Snyder would agree got with it. Him. Got it. What did Quinn do? He took the high road. Because why? I wouldn't have blamed him. Because he's a grown-up. I wouldn't have blamed him. He's an adult. I, he has on. respect I for other people. I wouldn't have blamed him if he didn't. And yes, he ha- you and, would have. And he has it all the time, that- taking the high road with questions that he doesn't like. I've never heard him say to anybody, never mind, next question. I've heard him come pretty close. But he answers the question. Kind of. But, but, th- but think of it in these terms. Uh, same thing I applied to you, Austin. If uh, a question it's, it's not said, about me. Said, it's Devin I know, Booker. I know. But if he's talking to Quinn Snyder and saying, you know, Quinn, your coaching is so much better this year than it was last year. What what are you doing to make that progress? You can certainly understand why Quinn might double clutch on that. I can understand why he would double clutch on that. I cannot understand or accept the impolite and disrespect that is coming from Devin Booker on this. I didn't think it was. I thought the question was disrespectful, but nonetheless. He said you're doing great this Stay year. tuned. More Big Show coming up next. 97.5 <laughs> and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> The State Warriors have done that. This team is scary. You know, the thing that's most interesting is this is the team everybody was expecting last season. You're seeing everybody more comfortable in their roles. It's not just Mike Conley having a better understanding of the system and a better feel after his first season, but, you know, Joe Ingles going to the bench was an adjustment for him last season, and he's more comfortable in that role. Getting Derek Favors back has been huge. They're playing at a great level, and the other thing, too, is they've just been red hot from three, and I think that's been a big thing for them. I think Gobert has been like a top five MVP guy this year. He's been unbelievable. Not just the usual defensive stuff, but screen setting, creating space for his guys to operate with those big screens, rolling off them. Just the little things that often don't show up on the statue. Every time I'm watching Jazz games, like he's doing something that's impactful on the offensive end. He's doing a little bit of everything out there, and it's really powered this Jazz start. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Join Hanson Scotty coming up at the warehouse tomorrow uh, in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Um, I I don't know, Gordon. I we we just got a tweet coming into the three of us, and I I don't know if this makes me feel like important or out of touch. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. What was it? Help me with this one, Austin, because you're you're more in touch than I am. We had our our argument in the last segment about uh, Devin Booker and his response. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. At on Twitter at ak grin tweets the show, which uh, his handle is grudges, and it's a blue check mark, and he says book is soft. Next question, uh, which is funny, obviously coming in uh, with Gordon. I I clicked through. And uh, he has 
63,000 followers. Uh, he's, a, he's a rapper. And yeah, and I, I'm looking through his timeline here, and he is a, a musician. Is he a rapper? I mean, it's pretty obvious from his, his Twitter feed that he's a musician. And I figure someone with um, uh, 63,000 Twitter followers, he's probably a pre- pretty big deal in Excuse the music me. world. Not a rapper. Uh, uh, what's the... Like a producer? No. Well, he, he was in a band. Now, go. I can't remember, AK, what your band was, but it, they scream a lot. Oh, okay. So it's very heavy band. Uh, I see. He uh, he he got a hold of me a couple years ago when we started doing, uh, uh, kind of my hit list kind of thing. Okay. Because he and I used to talk to you guys about the grudge list that I had and the Aaron Rodgers thing. Oh, okay. That's he's really into grudges. I see. He agrees that the best flavor in any dish is revenge. I see. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like I'm seeing some tweets here. Just co-wrote a song with AK Grin. Uh, yeah, so I, I would feel like this is so somebody who's a, a big deal is tweeting the show. It does. I do agree with what he's saying a little bit. I think uh, Booker is a bit on the kind of easy to offend side. You usually love Devin Booker. Uh, I just think he would have been a good player, but uh, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sold on his attitude. Um. So, uh, you know, I, who was it he was mad? Was he mad at somebody for playing tough defense on him during a summer or a workout or something? Was that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. He, it's a video out there. Uh, he got mad for being double teamed at a summer workout. Yeah. Yeah. That just seemed like. That's, Said, we're trying to get practice in. You're double teaming me and stuff like that. Hmm. That's just, that's kind of a babyish response, isn't it? Don't know. Yeah, I, I agree it is, but, you know, it doesn't mean that he's not good at basketball either. Yeah, but it, it speaks to what we've been talking about, what the Jazz do. That attitude seems to be missing right now, and it's pretty much the only thing the Jazz are missing. Well, you heard a, a montage of um, of national voices coming in there that are that are talking up the Jazz. I know Rachel Nichols spent a lot of t- uh, time on it on the Jump today on ESPN, and of course we we latch on to Nick Wright and uh, what he had to say about the Jazz. But you know, you see, you hear some more other voices out there singing their praises. But where Nick Wright might have been right is it's still in kind of a condescending way sometimes i'm not saying the the ones we've played coming in but sometimes it is like boy this team is is red hot but you know they're they're nice but when it comes down to win in time they'll be gone <laughs> i like your tone of voice because that's what it is isn't that what it feels like yeah, yeah. adorable that's and that's right. what nick was saying is everybody around there will sing their praises in a way that that means they're adorable and he was kind of agreeing with the take at the same time, but he's not wrong about that. There is a lot of that's why I like so much what Kendrick Perkins had to say, because he's he said they're the best team in the league right now, which I think is a reasonable opinion. And then he laid out why and why they're such a complete team. That's a that's that seems a lot more uh, well thought out and reasoned than just oh they're playing so well right now for a cute little team there in the mountains. It's almost as though you can you can sense who is actually watching the team carefully and who is just popping off. Oh, I think you can sense that for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because like when we talked to Sam, Sam's been dialing in on this team, as you correctly pointed out. He's been writing more about the Jazz, and and uh, same thing with Chris Mannix. 
and uh, and Howard's paying close attention. And you can tell from their comments, as opposed to people who just want to be condescending about the whole thing and make fun of it or ridicule the Jazz because they're not the Lakers or the Clippers, whatever. You know, it's uh, it, it's it, you know what it is. It's shtick. That's what it is. But it's disrespectful to some extent. It is. Uh, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We'll get into more coming up uh, right around the corner. Quick tease for the movie zone coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, Johnny Lightfoot and Austin Horton. You guys have a poll question this week, Austin? Uh, yeah. Uh, we're doing a lot of space talk because of the the Martian. The Martian. The, the Mars landing and all that has kind of got a lot of our interest. And uh, we ask for your least and or favorite and least favorite space movies and why. Okay. Also, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're talking about space? You're talking about aliens? Nope, not alien movies, space, space movies. Well, I mean, don't they go hand in hand? They do not, because like the movie uh, Arrival, that's an alien movie, not a space movie. But the movie Space Camp, that's a space movie. <laughs> Correct. I mean, it's what's, there in the name. What's Space Balls? That's a, that's a, that's a space movie. Oh, it's a spoof. I know what it is. Where does it fit into the category? Space. What about Apollo 13? Right. Space, 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 space. What about what's the right the one, what's stuff? The one, what's the one when George Clooney gets cut loose and is floating around? Oh, that terrible, abysmal thing called Gravity. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a terrible movie. That was sad. That'd be horrifying, wouldn't it? Yep. Oh, well. You, know, what, that, uh, you know what's the worst space movie, and I've never even seen it? What's the, what's the one with um, Ben Affleck where the song was better than the movie from Aerosmith? What, oh, yeah. What was that called? You know it, Gordon. I forget. Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. Yeah, that's got to be the answer for the worst space movie. Yeah? <laughs> the song was better than the movie. And the song wasn't even good. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. <laughs> no, it was awful. But yet, what's more memorable, that terrible song or that terrible movie? Uh, the first time I saw that movie, I hated it. And recently, it was on one of the channels, and so I watched part of it. And it wasn't as bad as I remembered, but I thought it was terrible the first time I saw it. Was it before sure. or after Dora the Explorer? That was before. You then, so you watched that and then Dora the Explorer? Not, not on the same night. <laughs> okay. But hey, don't be ripping Dora now. You know, Rotten Tomatoes loved it, but I don't get it. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Uh, nothing to make fun of me about, even though I said that I was a little ashamed to admit. But the all-time one that I seem to get the most heat for, for my liking of it, is uh, Pitch Perfect. But I have a lot of support as well, just not from you guys. Oh, I'm fine with you liking Pitch Perfect. I have a lot, uh, I lose a lot of respect for you that you love the movie The Family Man. Oh, that was a great movie. No, it was not. <laughs> oh, that was such a good movie, and you got... Austin, you didn't like that one either, did you? No, I like good movies. <laughs> what? What did you not like about that movie? Everything. The beginning, the middle, and the end. <laughs> and you... I'll, I'll bet you, if we did it again, if we had another poll and we threw that out there to our listeners, I would win. And you thought Russell Crowe was great in Les Mis, and that just eliminates that just... I didn't that, say he was a great singer. I just think he's a good actor. So you could uh, you could love Pitch Perfect all you want. It's it's your opinion on other movies that hurt. Okay, all right. Be that. Why way. do you de- Why do you defend Russell Crowe so much? Because I thought he was brilliant in Gladiator. 
And I thought he was also very, very, very good in a beautiful mind. Uh, yeah, that was okay. Uh, but it was like, um, okay, Marlon Brando was brilliant in uh, in Godfather. Uh, well, the Godfather, obviously. Have you ever seen the Isle of Doctor Moreau? No, I haven't seen that. But but Jake, who who would have played the role of Maximus uh, better than Russell Crowe in Gladiator? Guy Pierce. He, he knocked that completely out of the park. Who else would have been better? Harrison Guy- Ford. <sighs> Guy Pierce? I love Guy Pierce. Is he the bad guy in Count of Monte Cristo, right? Uh, yes. Uh, he was in L.A. Confidential with Russell Crowe, which is why that came to oh, mind. Oh, okay, okay. Who was the old guy in L.A. Confidential? He would have been better in uh, Gladiator too. What's his name? He was in Babe, Pig in the City. James Cromwell. James Cromwell oh, would have been amazing. <laughs> I'm sure. Come on. This Pretty much is... anybody. Russell Crowe. Now, okay, think what you want of Russell Crowe. But in the role Gladiator, he knocked that out of the park. And I know for a fact that if we put that to our listeners, you, my friend, would lose. All right, better movie, Family Guy or Family Man or uh, Gladiator? Well, uh, even I would go with Gladiator. Okay, end of discussion. Kevin Dillon would have been a better Gladiator than than Russell Crowe. What they call him on Entourage? Johnny Drama. Johnny Drama. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Who else? Who else would be better? The, the than Russell turtle Crow guy would have been better as the, uh, Russell Crowe. David the, Spade. No, not David Spade. <laughs> now I'm just trying to Louis think of Anderson. Louis Anderson. That's who's a good the guy? One. Who's the guy? Who's the bad guy? One of the bad guys in uh, Avengers. You know, the real kind of squirrely looking dude. Tim Huddleston. What's his name? Huddleston. Huddleston. Would he be Tim better? Tim Huddleston? Tim Curry would have been better. <laughs> Tim Conway. May he rest in Kelly Conway. No. <laughs> oh, here we go. Charlie Conway. George Conway. I'm out of Conways. I know, I am too. Oh, what a Curtis Conway. Boom. Nailed it. I didn't even say Conway. How did we get? <laughs> oh, well. That's Pretty all. much anybody. Whatever. All right. We can each have our own opinions on these things. But only some of us can be right. We'll have more coming up next. Just kidding, Gordon. Uh, on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Another Thursday comes and goes. No jazz game tonight, Gordon. Back-to-back, though, Friday and Saturday. We'll have a, a short big show for you tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, well, uh, it's all good. The, the Jazz are on a roll, and so it's fun to watch them play. Um, Jake, I think uh, I think you did a lot better job on the show today than you did yesterday. Can you tell me why it was so much better? Uh, no, because I'm in a uh, like uh, I was way more tired and grumpy today than yesterday. So I guess I'm surprised <laughs> to to hear that answer from you. I thought you were going to say next question. I know I should have. I should have gone Devin Booker on it. All right. Well, yeah, it was fun today. We had a good time, and uh, we'll see what happens next with the Utah Jazz. It's, uh, it's. I mean, these are. It's been so long since the Jazz have played at this level. It's, uh, it's almost hard to describe. Uh, 
it is hard to describe. It's hard to kind of take in, right? You, I mean, I think, you know, part of our discussion today was everybody out there is waiting for the other to shoot a drop. But I guess what I don't understand is why people can't think like, well, maybe it won't. Yeah. Whereas they give the benefit of the doubt to different teams doing that all the time, but somehow the the Jazz never get that. Well, they'll well, good. They'll motivate them maybe to uh, to punch everybody straight in the nose and prove them wrong. I I don't think this team is affected by that. I, if anything, I think they're taking it on as a challenge, and they don't need that. They don't need that extra incentive. But you know how athletes are sometimes. Very competitive people like to pour whatever they can on that fire and keep it going. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll see if they keep going tomorrow night in Miami. Another day, another night, another brutal matchup for Royce O'Neal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, think of his matchups in the last two weeks alone. Kawhi, Jimmy Butler twice, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum. I mean, even Jalen Brown. Who am I missing? Giannis. Yeah. Who else do you want to, to roll through? You know, on, on your off night where you get, you go, oh, good. The Charlotte Hornets are in town. You get to corral Gordon Hayward, who's averaging over 20 points a game. You know, that's your off night. Well, Joe took him on some other time, too. You know. Right? Uh, okay, yeah. I, I still – I Royce gets a lot of the credit for guarding the other team's best guy. That's well, and I think not. people are noticing it now. We're, we're hearing a lot of people from around the country as they're breaking down the jazz. They're paying more attention to the jazz, and they're, it's plain to see. What certain people, as far as I'm concerned, Royce O'Neal has played much better this year than he has at times in the past, and I, I, I you know, I don't know if that would make him mad or not, but he he's impressive this year, to me, at least, and he's a big part of what the Jazz are doing. Yeah, everybody's pretty much impressive. You win 22 out of 24, and that's probably <laughs> what's going on, right? Yeah, exactly, and it's and it's the, the the jazz are weaving this beautiful mosaic, or, or I guess you don't weave a mosaic, do you? You weave a tapestry. I don't, do you, know. we, I don't. I don't think. Do you weave a tapestry? I have no idea. I, I thought, thought you so. stitched the tapestry. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever Carol King said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that album was a good album, tapestry. Anyway, the jazz are are playing beautiful basketball together. And they're playing with such confidence and with such ease as far as not being hesitant to share the ball and, and to uh, take the shot. And both of those things are equally important because there have been times in the past when the shots haven't necessarily gone up. Right now, it seems like everyone is eager to not just shoot, but take good shots. And it's working. It's official. You stitch a tapestry, just uh, if anybody else out there was wondering. Uh, what, do you do, what, do you, what do you do to a mosaic? I'm not sure. You can, you I, I, Googled, I Googled tapestry. You get to Google okay. mosaic. All right. uh, coming up next, the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Stay tuned for that. Uh, they, uh, Of course, Movie Zone Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sunday mornings. Gordon, you enjoy your evening? I will. We'll yeah. talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.